there's so much that you do not control on a film set um, just like in life you have to constantly humble yourself and go that I'm just bringing what I can at this moment to the table and so are they and what we ultimately pull together will be bigger than all of us mm. um, so yeah I think there's always that imposter terrorist voice that's kind of telling you why it won't work out yeah and um, learn to kind of sit more and more with it listen to it welcome back to the tea with Nikki we are pro tea not anti coffee and it's prohibition so you shouldn't be drinking but if you are I won't tell today is quite a special interview for me as it is with an old high school friend of mine and we did drama together but now she is gracing Hollywood with her amazing presence I speak with Jessica Sutton about her journey from high school into acting college and now being in Hollywood. She is one of the leads on Motherland, which is a series about militant witches. It's not all cauldrons and witchy spells and ones. It is badass because these women kick ass. <laughs> and we talk about Jess's journey on how she's received criticism, how she's continuously educating herself and we have a really fun game of charades. I also want to thank Jess for allowing me into her studio space and it's the first time that I get to have tea in person which was amazing and I can't wait for many more. Hope that you enjoyed. Okay, you got it. Wait. Cool, who wants to do the clap? Oh, oh clap. clap. Do you want to clap? The sound? Uh, Just do it. It's hard with tea. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go. I was thinking that obviously since we are drama, we're, I was a drama student yes. in high school. And yes, you are a an actor. Charades was the only option for a challenge. Okay, let's do we it. We acted out. Uh -huh. um, okay. It's out. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Me. You first. You first. Okay. <laughs> Okay. Oh gosh, this is actually going to be quite hard. <laughs> um, and go. Three words. First word. Pride? Pride and Prejudice. <laughs> was amazing! And you saw it here, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I don't know what that was, but we share a brand. Yeah, we do. <laughs> on the same <laughs> That level. was amazing because I just realized, I'm like, oh, I did really hard ones for myself. Great. <laughs> okay. Ooh, ooh. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this one's going to be a hard one. Um, Five words. Mm -hmm. First word. Conversation. Mm. Conversing. What was this? This was like uh, so. Female woman. Mm. Little woman. Mm. Uh, girl. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um. Go interrupted. Mm -mm. Um. For the fourth word. Mm -hmm. Was girl. <laughs> um. You got the first word. Um. Okay, maybe not the fourth. Maybe I shouldn't act out the fourth word. Go with the okay. dragon tattoo. Yes! 
<laughs> I'm like, come on, go, and it has to be. It's great. Cool. Mm. Next one. Okay. <laughs> Past Jessica made these really <laughs> forwards. Crown. Okay, no. F ring. Lord of the Rings. Yes. <laughs> I was gonna we say Lord, and I'm like, like, oh shit, now. Oh. <laughs> uh, oh, okay. Oh, this is this is one of my favorite movies. Okay. Um, and it's a classic. Um, okay. Two words. Second word. Mm -hmm. So, a girl. So, interrupted. Mm -mm. Mm. Mm -mm. Woman. Plural. Mm. Okay. Girls. Mm -hmm. Mean girls. <laughs> yes! <laughs> I love that girl. By the way, that 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 uh, girl then, woman now, Jill Morrison, is in our, in our show, um, Motherland. She was the Beltane uh, sergeant. She was like kind of in, in, you saw four, episode four of the show? Yes. Yeah, she was kind of like uh, the which girl, which the witch who takes us through Beltane and her, the rules, you know? Oh. Yes. That is so even good. Yeah. Anna. Hi, Jill. We love you. Huge fan. Yeah. Wow. You have a lot of feelings, and I'm all about it. Wow. She's amazing. She's amazing. Um. Okay. <clears throat> Two words. Small. Tiny. Little. Little woman. Little people. Little feet. Little toes. <laughs> little legs. Little dancer. Little feet, a little huh. tiny dancer, little fart, <laughs> <laughs> little tail, tail, little tail, tails, little tails, little dogs, little tails, little mermaid. <laughs> Exhausting! I don't know. That was just that was. <laughs> what do you think? I don't know. You I'm like I'm like. How do I? How am I aerial right now? I can't. <laughs> with a with a fork, you know, like brushing. She brushing. Okay, last one. Um, <laughs> oh, I'm exhausted. Yeah. Okay, this one's a good one. Okay. Four words. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Fourth word. Wind. Mm -hmm. Gone with wind. Yes. Yes, I love that. And that's uh, Jess and Nick's. We are. Yeah. We, we, we are. <laughs> we are for hire. Yeah. We will be accepting <laughs> offers, <laughs> sponsorships. <laughs> you can reach us. <laughs> we do live entertainment and parties, and we'll be all here all afternoon. <laughs> um, oh, thank you. And so then, much. <laughs> yes, great. That was so much fun. <laughs> um, and then I like to end of the interviews with just a quick fire round of questions. So like, 
Okay. The first thing that comes to mind. Oh, word association. Basically. Great. Um, <laughs> morning or evening? Evening. Music. What's your favorite genre? Dope Lemon. I don't... That's... Whatever. Dope Lemon is that a genre? No, it's an oh. artist. <laughs> I, I'm literally... It's word association. I'm just going... <laughs> I'm just literally okay. going first thing. Okay. Um, <laughs> Angus and Julia Stone. I'm just like... <laughs> what is... One thing There's in your one daily <laughs> sorry. <laughs> what is one thing in your daily routine that you could not live without? Toothpaste. <laughs> <laughs> so we're doing the puppet. I'm just. I'm not letting. I'm not letting my mind okay. get in the way. Okay. Except Good. It's get no, really I like it. I love it. I love it. Um, superhero. <laughs> Woman. Okay. I love it. No, oh, that love was <laughs> favorite exercise. None. <laughs> but I love walking. I will make it okay. a bit an answer. I love walking, but I don't. I feel like if I'm going into something thinking it's going to be exercise, um, nothing but procrastination happens mm. and a lot of complaining. So I have to kind of just change the the vocab and make it like we're just going to go for a beautiful hike. Yeah, you know, we're just gonna go for a walk. It's just gonna kind of be. It's gonna be recreational. I love yoga though as well. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. <clears throat> None. No exercise, <laughs> but playtime. Yes, loads, loads okay. of it. Nature, tons. <laughs> as long as I've known you since two thousand and eight, mm -hmm. you've always wanted to be an actress. I remember you wanted to be on TV or the big screen. You just wanted to make it to Hollywood. And I think the main question would be: Is why did you want to become an actress? Hmm, I think um, it started as just, I was just curious um, about drama and you know, you're, you're talking about the high school drama. Um, uh, the plays that we were reading, Waiting for Godot, Tsapang. Uh, yes. Um, it just inspired me to, to learn more about what I didn't know, mm. which was human behavior and myself and the world. Um, so it kind of led me into theater and I thought that was gonna be my my path. Last minute kind of got cold feet and wanted to kind of not do the theory component to it and find a way just to do it. Mm -hmm. Just to practically get immersed into the doing of it. And uh, yeah, I found ACT Cape Town, um, which, was a, which is a private college specializing in film acting and that kind of opened a door that I hadn't previously even considered which was film acting. Mm. It, it took me a long time to start realizing that actually that was a path that I could go down and through those two years at ACT I uh, was trained in the basics of you know accent and hitting marks and um, just being in front of the cameras. Um, being aware of them but not aware of them mm. and uh, found that I loved it and so the thread line I think the through line for that has been I've always loved stories um, it's helped me understand who I am as I am wherever I am in the moment um, that I'm in this continuous state of becoming and uh, life is too I remember reading this one line from Annis Nin who said that Writing, she writes to taste life twice. 
And yeah. I thought that's pretty true for what it feels like from, for me anyway in, in art, whenever I'm creating something that hasn't existed before. I'm in, the, in, I'm in this process. Mm. I'm not really concentrating on the results and I'm totally forgetting myself and I'm just in this flow. And I think there is something about an education about tasting life twice. You're getting to relive it. Mm. I don't know. And also I know obviously being at school with you and hearing w when you speak about your dreams there's been, I'm sure you've engaged with a lot of discouraging comments and people saying, oh, <laughs> like, sure, girl, like, sure, you'll do it, whatever. Um, what, what's been the worst thing that you've heard? And how did you kind of move past that and stay in your clear tunnel vision of where you wanted to be? Hmm. I think a hard note I mean, there's, there's a difference between like mean things that people just say mm -hmm. and I don't think that there, there are a lack of mean people in the world who, um, you know, potentially live to just cut people down mm -hmm. um, to size. It's a pretty hard lesson no matter what industry that you go into that, you know, that you know, people aren't always going to be conscious, right? You're not going to always get conscious people who, who know how to give criticism. Mm -hmm. Or for that matter, know how to, they're, they're not able to discern what they feel and the path that they've led mm. and um, giving advice, they often gets confused with projecting. Mm. So I've found that, you know, there's been some hurtful comments, uh, no, it can't be done, um, that probably isn't verbatim, but I think there was no shortage of people telling me whether they were artists or not, which is yeah. really the funny thing. I think you get people who, who like to be self-appointed experts. Um, Many of those. Debatable as to whether anyone is an expert at anything. Mm. I think when you are going into a field and you are wanting to continue that, you're never going to get to a point where you're capping your knowledge and going, mm. okay, mm. now I'm... I have arrived yeah. in the all-knowing of whatever this industry is. Um, you, it's just a continuous education. Mm -hmm. And what was so great about um, my journey has been the people I've come across from all walks of life have had this attitude, most of them anyway, have had the attitude of, I don't know, I'm still figuring it out. Yeah. And that really took me from, by surprise in the best possible way because it orientated me to understand, oh wait, I'm never going to have that forget it necessarily maybe there'll be moments but most of the time it's going to be like I guess I am winging this um, so through these years um, from high school to act through to then just starting as an industry professional as a rookie mm -hmm. um, you start realizing I guess how to take criticism and also how to give it and mm. what's constructive and what's not and you start learning as you learn more about yourself as an artist that you get protective in the right ways over yourself and your art you understand when to share when not to share and who to share it with mm. that's the best definition f of discernment for me and um, yeah I, I really felt there was a there was a moment in my training where I stopped seeing my coaches as kind of 
uh, gurus, like pedestaling them, like, oh, they just, they know everything. Yeah. Um, and started understanding that I was just going to have to take from different people. Um, and that kind of helped take any edge off anything that anyone would say, mm. you know, whether that's a, a family member or a friend. I used to hate being asked the question, so what have I seen you in? <laughs> and I'm like, you haven't, because I'm just starting out, okay? I'm unemployed, like, please. And it just felt so um, uncomfortable. Mm. I don't know what it was, but I I wasn't owning my my occupation because I felt I needed to be validated by getting work. I I needed to be a working actor to call myself an actor. Yeah. Um, so there was something there for me where so you almost had a sense of imposter syndrome when coming into the into the space. Yeah, but I go maybe. I mean, do you feel that where when you start anything new that mm. you kind of do feel like this is something I'm playing with? Shh, don't tell anyone. Yeah. Um, it's too. It feels fragile. It feels delicate, and and I think when it comes to creating, you're having to be so courageous. Mm. You're having to be so courageous, and it's not about fearlessness. Like, I honestly, I, I've met some fearless people, and they're like, they are crazy. <laughs> they literally, they do not have fear at all. And I they have stunt, stunt doubles. They have such fearless. little self-preservation, yeah. and I'm like, this is crazy. So I go, so what is generally the feeling of when you move past your fear? Um, that That is when you're in your courage, and. Mm. And often when you, I'm going, when I'm just about to do anything interesting in my life, starting a new creative project, the voice of fear telling me, it's not gonna work out. Mm. Who do you think you are? Mm. Um, gets so loud. And I've, I used to kind of just like fight it, sit on it, um, try and get louder than it. Uh, none of it worked. I felt, I kind of find that, you know what, you fight, fight harder mm. what you resist persists is also um, I think it, that's a Zen proverb I heard and I, I really think that's quite true so I learned somehow to maybe this is part of the education in the industry the film industry you you're with so many different people that you are having to learn how to welcome everyone and everything yeah there's so much that you do not control on a film set um, just like in life, you have to constantly humble yourself and go that I'm just bringing what I can at this moment to the table and so are they and what we ultimately pull together will be bigger than all of us. Mm. Um, so yeah, I think there's always that imposter terrorist voice that's kind of telling you why it won't work out yeah and um, learn to kind of sit more and more with it listen to it and Liz Gilbert has this amazing podcast uh, about creative living beyond fear and that's been something that I've really um, lent into her wisdom on you know write from your fear listen to what it has to say I promise the list won't be endless mm. it feels like it will be infinite and you'll realize, you know, it might be get, like one or two pages into it and it will run out of things to say. It just wants to be heard. And and then um, and then you write back to it and you're like, I understand you. I hear you. Um, but creativity, creativity and I are going to go on a little road trip and uh, you are going to come along because you always do. Um, but you won't you won't be driving and 
I have to find a way to create through the fear. So I think that's what's the journey I'm still on, is finding out how to attract the people who affirm, but who are also challenging. So mm. it's not just about this confirmation bias. I don't want to just be around like-minded people. Yeah. I want to be around people who think so differently to me um, and somehow uh, so it's quite a so I've been I've been trying to go more into that place of going because there's gonna be um, continuous uh, people who will say things um, I'm not happy with you this is mm, why mm. Um, what really sucks is when they say I'm not happy with you and there isn't there's no in, follow up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. there's no why it's there's just, just like a, <laughs> and yes can you be constructive help me oh the worst is you know you always do this never will do this and they kind of like condemn you your past present and future self mm, mm. so there's like there is no growth that is yeah. just your fault yeah and so speaking about learnings and coming into things and discerning how how did you prepare for tally what was uh, the hardest part about preparing for Tally? <laughs> oh, she was just such a joy to play. And um, she was a dream role. The hardest part, I guess, was also the best part. I mean, the whole experience for me of playing a character who was very, like, we're similar in our essence. Yeah, I saw a lot of you in her when I was watching the series. And, but I know you, but... People who don't know you wouldn't have said, "Oh, that's Jess." <laughs> definitely not. We're definitely not the same. I, no. I laugh. I get asked uh, the question of, you know, what what are the differences between you and Sally, and what are the similarities? And I said, "Well, differences would certainly be that she is an American teenage witch, and I am a human South African twenty-seven-year-old." <laughs> um, you know, it's, I, I feel. She was probably my 15-year-old self of how I thought. When I was 15, I, I thought I could save the world. Mm. And there's just that innocence and naivety, um, which is childlike and precious. And the fans make me laugh, uh, the Switches, the fandom from Motherland, uh, because they have had these protection squads. They rally to protect her and they call her the ba the captain of the Bailey Brigade. And I thought that um, that's how I felt when I was playing her. Whenever she's the virgin and the youngest of the, of the group and she's been the most protected coming from this matrifocal compound mm -hmm. where she's had, n you know, no like real reality or orientation of the world and she just gets you know dropped as this kicking smiling baby into like literally lock and load war yeah with no idea of like she's got this ideal of patriotism yeah and she's got this ideal of love and service and she just kind of has that all kicked out of her um and it's brutal and i think you will feel that when we grow up we feel this need to protect the most innocent part of ourselves mm. we don't know how to do that how can we keep open in this like furnace of the world mm. how can we do that and how can we have our eyes open and that not be the cost of our heart mm. yeah so that was kind of the hardest but it was like reliving that kind of 
15-year-old superhero complex. Yeah, it was intimate. Savior. It's an, it's an intimate thing because yeah, in, in my process, I don't really have a, a, a process uh, per se. I kind of approach every role. I hope Sarah doesn't hear that. <laughs> Sorry, Sarah. <laughs> uh, but I mean, I've had, you know, Sarah through to my coaches at ACT, through to Matthew Harrison at the Actors Foundries, become mentor, and Deb Podolsky, who was the acting coach on Motherland. Um, and actually just generally every actor that I've had the privilege of acting opposite has been a teacher. Mm. And what I find is that it's so, f the thing that we're, the alchemy that we're working with on a film set and storytelling, it needs to be, it needs to be organic. You mm. need to stay as open as possible. You can come in, you know, there is, I mean, preparation for sure, but there is, I guess, a line between preparation and then being fixed and crystallized, not being able to adapt. Mm. Um, how I approach that role, that's kind of the scary bit. Mm. It's kind of like I don't really know where my end is going to come, but I'm following my inquiry and it's going to take me to places that I, I know I have not been in myself. And that's... Ooh. Plus, Tally had a moment on screen, the, the on I'd never done a uh, an intimacy scene. I wanted to ask you about that. How was it being intimate on screen? Cameras You're on you. You busy hooking up. You are <laughs> to say the least. This is how I paint before giving anything away. This is how I paint it to everyone because they're like, oh, "How does it feel?" You know, your, your dad and your boyfriend, and you know, everyone's watching. But also cameras. And I'm just going, "How do I tell you that it's the least sexiest?" moment in, in in ever. I mean I was clutching a stranger, my darling co-star Kai, and um we, we were but butt naked with our with our pasties, our straps, you know, covering groin and nips and clinging to each other under a tree at three in the morning and it's cold. Ooh, cold. And there's just nothing that really prepares you for the robes coming off. Mm. Even though like the set was beautifully cocooned, we were in a closed set, so we had the minimum crew mm. and you know, they were all great, professional. But and, and Freeform had given us an intimacy coach. Okay. Somebody who will take you through uh, you know, from making sure that you're absolutely comfortable with, you know, with the set, mm. and with understanding what you have to do, that there's safe words and it's great. But there's still nothing that's gonna prepare you for the moment. I can imagine. And uh, I got really nervous, really cold, um, but yeah, luckily I had a great partner who just kept whispering sweetly, I think it's going great, it's looking great, you look so beautiful. And I'm like, thanks. <laughs> I'm like, but my whole body. And he's like, yes, but let's not think about that too much. <laughs> and I think that's really, that's what kind of pulls you through. I don't know what, how I'm going to do it. Most of the stunts as well, I felt that way. I'm like, I can't do this. Mm. I don't, I'm not athletic at all. I have mm. no upper body strength. This is not that I can't, I'm sorry, this is my limit. I'm surely going to meet my limit now. Yeah. And you just, you surprise yourself more often than not when you step over your own limitations and you realize, oh, oh, actually, wow. I'm actually a badass. I'm actually quite a badass. <laughs> <laughs> you must have had so many of those moments because those fight oh, scenes, that, I was like, Jess is a bit of a badass. I felt well, that way. I <laughs> also had a little bit of my ego stroke, my, oh. um, my, my, my trainer, uh, Ernest and, and Michelle Smith, she's, she's amazing. Um, and you know they were like, yeah, 
You're really good. You should uh, think about. You should think about. You know, coming into this uh, stunt, stunt world. You know, as a stunt. Oh. And I'm like, really? Okay. <laughs> I, got, I have self-preservation. Yeah. <laughs> and I also got really bad news. And uh. I'm. I'm not the most. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I think it. I mean, what they do, what stunts do, blow my mind. Mm. I I don't know how they do what they do. Um, what did help was my dance training. I mean, I haven't danced professionally for many years, but just having a background yeah. in movement and not being uncomfortable in your body that helped the most. Yeah. Because most of the time, stunt workers. I'm not talking about you know you being set on fire or, or landing a Jumping jump out of a moving car. Right, that it's more like the fight choreography yeah. is so much more a dance, mm. and especially in Motherland, we wanted uh, Elliot Lawrence, our showrunner and creator, he specifically wanted a the feeling of the fight to be almost like a waltz-like sparring. Mm. So different and really really cool. So. <laughs> I think I got the dancing part of it, and the movement helped. Um, and then, if you know, when things did look awkward, we had our amazing stunt doubles. Mm. Yeah. One. Mm -hmm. And Mo Motherland has one of the most amazing undertones of feminism in it. I, I loved it uh, absolutely. And um, there's just such a strong sense of these characters. They're all so bold and strong, and they're saviors. You know, they, there's these women who are leading the charge on saving the world and humankind from this uh, unimaginable evil so there's that strong sense of feminine leadership but from being in motherland and your personal life what does feminine leadership mean to you how, how does that look well i would say i used to think leadership looked like you're leading from the front line mm. you know you're the one shouting the the orders and rallying the troops um, into battle, into the fray, and now having been exposed to so many different forms of, and I think different individuals who have who have assumed a different definition of leadership, mm. and for me, just seeing the kind of leader I want to be. Um, and the leaders that I want in the world, the the, the leaders that I gravitate to, um, they lead from behind, mm. and that image is has really uh, challenged in the best possible way my previous conception of my idea of leadership. I think there's a quietness to it. There's a strength in that vulnerability of really listening. And really listening to what people have to say for the sake of listening, not just to respond. Um, and yeah, I, I think leadership goes beyond gender. It's a human trait. Yeah. So yeah, that's for me what it would look like. And that that feeling of of everyone having each other's backs, feeling like you can you can speak honestly and. Um, and not be afraid to to challenge or to um, disagree. Mm. And now I want to move into a segment I like to just call the ABCs of your career. So, okay, when was your amazing affluent aha moment when you realized you wanted to become an actress? 
aha moment. Probably, okay, I didn't know it at the time, but probably when I was, when we were watching Tsepang. Mm. There was just something about, you know, after that play, having my perception of the world being so challenged and turned upside down, that I just felt whatever, whatever just happened to me in those 45 minutes, yeah. I want to do that. And whatever that is, even if it's just making somebody hesitate, mm. hesitate in their thinking or their beliefs, uh, it's incredibly powerful. So I didn't know that that was what storytelling has now come to me. Mm. But yeah, I would say that would be the aha moment. And B, what was your big business blunder? Turned into a blessing, probably. <laughs> Not trusting my gut instinct. Mm. Um, there was a moment in 2015 where I went to a premiere for Saints and Strangers, my first international uh big anything and I I was exposed for the first time to a totally different industry and very excited to get international representation and I met a lot of people mm. in the space of a few days and uh, the one person I met and we just he felt like home mm. in the in the best way it was comfortable but challenging and he just we were just really speaking about passion of, mm. and you know and he was really seeing seeing me and I was seeing him and ended up leaving and taking everyone else's advice about going with a more established person at the time and I just really felt true and and connected in this in this way and I said no I think this is the this is the relationship I want to nurture and at that point in time I just thought okay well they're the experts they know best yeah so I'm, I'm gonna just shut up and listen to what they have to say and I did three years later I mean this the you know the established manager that I ended mm. up going with it was a total dead, dead end from the beginning uh, that relationship didn't go anywhere and I ended up kind of finding somehow the the, the courage to go and knock on that door again mm. and say hey is this still a possibility and um, he is now today my manager yeah. <laughs> Bob Glennon <laughs> and um, his brilliant associate Alex Burdett who was um, yeah I mean they gave me a second chance and for me that was a huge moment mm. of going I need I need to back myself mm. and see what was a cinematic worthy cock up moment for you <laughs> <laughs> with The most though, the most okay, was actually with Kai, and in that scene <laughs> of um of the newness of being in this intimacy scene and uh, two takes, you know, we were getting some momentum and we were getting comfortable, but I hadn't realised that I was just getting colder and colder and my jaw tends to kind of lock and he. <sighs> halfway through really sweetly leant over and he kept on you know affirming me mm. it's looking great it's really great but on this next take do you mind not biting me <laughs> and I and you were like I was just they was no like mortified I didn't know what never mind this you exposed you to and I had actually nibbled his nip his nip his nip his, his nip <laughs> <laughs> and it was it was just something I had unconsciously done yeah. and he said it so sweetly that just between like his sweetness and his like little plea in the moment 
Shame. And just the whole, whole absurdity of what we were actually doing. I was just like, yeah, this is so unprofessional. And I've just been hurting my co-star and just been biting him. I just kept saying, sorry, <laughs> sorry. And then, you know, halfway through, we just, I mean, we both couldn't keep a straight face. And yeah. we just find, yeah. Oh, thank God for a sense of humor. Yeah. You know, that saves it. It has to. It saves it. Otherwise, it's just too awkward and there's just no moving yeah. past. So, thank you, Kai. Or <laughs> um, well, thank you so much for welcoming me into your space, for having tea with me, for playing charades. I, and I'm not lying. We are doing live entertainment. Yes. <laughs> but thank you so much. It was so amazing hearing what you had to say. And thank you really for grateful. interviewing me. I'm, the, I'm a huge fan. Huge fan of the show. Stop it. <laughs> I hope that you had a really good giggle. As we said, we are available for parties and live entertainment. But one thing that we can definitely take away from Jess is that to overcome fear, you must allow it to be in your life. Let it ride in the passenger seat with you and let it fuel your desire to want more to keep going, keep pushing, because there's always gonna be criticism, there's always gonna be either you talking yourself down or other people, and self-proclaimed experts, just keep that vision of what it is that you want. There's an inherent passion in you, and there's a reason that is. So I hope that you enjoy it, and I hope that you wanna see more tea in person. I know I want more tea in person. Let me know.